out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, our guest today is John, who takes us on a journey from spiritual crisis to enlightenment. John is a recently retired engineer who attended Bible school as part of the path he walks with God. His spiritual journey has been filled with bumps and bruises, but he comes to a deeper, more meaningful understanding of the meaning of spirituality, and he shares that with us in a beautiful way. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hey John, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, thanks, Freddie. And you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming through this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Sure. We seem to have sorted the sound out, so <laughs> that, that took us a while. It did. John, as you know, um, this podcast is about spiritual journeys. Right. And I've known you now for how long? Two years? Probably two. Around two, two years, yeah. yeah. I'll never forget the first time I met you when you mentioned that you stood in the ministry, am I correct? Or something like that? Yeah, well actually what happened was after I finished university um, I went to, I worked for a year and then I went to Bible college and after my Bible college experience, which is a one year layman's training thing, I uh, asked the church that I was part of if I could join them as a kind of an associate or assistant pastor and so I spent two years after Bible college in the in the church doing you know the usual you know ministry. Okay. And did you grow up religiously? No, not at all. Um, my parents were not believers um, in any sense. Um, but at some point, while we were still kids, twelve, thirteen, or yeah, maybe even younger, we. My brother and myself um, met these friends and they went to, to Sunday school and eventually they persuaded us to go along and so we went along with them and that's kind of where it started. <clears throat> the, the, how can I put this? Did religion immediately resonate with you? Did, did you sit in church and, and heard about Jesus and God and you thought, wow, I like this, I like what I hear? Or was it a, a slow process of coming to believe? It, it was, for me, it was a very slow process. So, I mean, I was a child when I, when I went along to Sunday school and I kind of went along for, it was interesting, um, not totally absorbing, but I kind of enjoyed the the people and the company and the occasion so it, it was more in those days it was more about that okay mm. did you have a uh, children's bible or did you did you read from the from the big bible no no so we, no i never had a children's bible oh no uh, no <laughs> no no we had a children's bible i remember it had uh, a picture a drawn picture uh, and then a story uh, so on the one side the picture on the other side to the story and I used to love the pictures I used oh, right. I mostly read it because I loved the pictures yeah um, so when I grow, grew older out of the children's Bible it kind of lost its lear for me oh, right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I remember the the picture in um, Daniel in the Lion's Den. Oh, I remember yes, that yes. so well. And yeah. the pictures of the angels. I used to yeah. stare at the angels yeah. for so long. Yeah, yeah. They were so beautifully yeah. drawn. Yeah, yeah. But when I grew up and I loved the children's Bible, I lost my um, zest for, <laughs> for religion as well. Yeah, no, I never had one of those. Oh, no. We need to get you one. Yes, yes. Start at the beginning. <laughs> Connect with your inner child. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So it's quite an interesting one. So didn't grow up religiously, met religion somewhere in, in your teens. Child, child, sort of, yeah, late yeah. childhood, early teens. And there was no girl involved anywhere? No. No, no, not at all. <laughs> you, you, would normally, you would normally hear that, oh, I, I went because there was this beautiful girl at church. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no, no. These were two two friends. The friends we met were, were both brothers, so and there were no girls involved. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so this is real. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So then you finished school, went to varsity, but did not study religion in any way. Uh, well, no, just to rewind, I finished school and at that time there was compulsory citizen citizen force. Oh my God, military service. Military service. You yeah. yeah. So I went to the Navy for a year, and um, which was interesting. Um, yeah, especially for somebody from England. Yeah, <laughs> could you swim? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, that was down in the Cape, and, and I grew up in Joburg. So it was, it was quite interesting to come down to the Cape and to experience the Cape, which was great. But yeah, so I spent a year in the Navy, and after a year, a year in the Navy, um, I then started at Varsity. Okay, and while being in the Navy, did you attend church services and? by biblical practices and all those type of things. Okay, so what happened to me, to rewind a bit, um, while, I was bef- while I was in high school, um, I, I continued attending church, Sunday school, and then the youth group and so on. And I did get to a point where I actually really made a commitment to Christ and, okay. and became a Christian at some, at some point got baptized and and so on and, and then it then it became much more meaningful to me and was very meaningful in my high school years um my, my faith um and so so i had that grounding before i went into the navy but in the navy i i drifted away quite a lot although i would attend the church service but in those days attending the church service was about the girls <laughs> because of course girls we, we, did we, come in somewhere yeah yeah, yeah. we so. didn't <laughs> see girls of course normally except when you were allowed to go to church when you could yeah. see girls but no so so that was very infrequent though um but I, um yeah and did you go with your white navy yeah what do they call it stakeouts yeah. our, our ice cream suit <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. so, so the girls possibly went to church just yeah, yeah, the they boys in the ice cream suits as right, well. So right. that's a mutual, a mutual thing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, and but I did drift away from from um, my, my faith quite a bit. Um, I didn't ever abort the faith, but I did kind of drift away. I sort of backslid, in other words. Okay. And then you went to varsity back in Johannesburg. Yeah. Then I went to Varsity, and on Varsity, when I went to Varsity, I, um, I actually made a real beeline to go and connect with the Christian groups on on campus. Okay. And that was that was actually quite good. I enjoyed that. 
And did you keep on attending the church of your childhood? Yes, yeah. Okay. So I stayed with that, yeah. yeah. And how did your parents react to, to you embracing something that they didn't really introduce you to or, or did they endorse it? Yes, they did. In fact, the irony, the extreme irony is that that um, after we started attending Sunday school as my brother and myself as children with these other friends of ours and had been doing so for a year or so, we we, we got tired of it. And at that point, my dad, who is sort of an old school disciplinarian and totally non-Christian, non-religious, non-spiritual, insisted that we should go because we've started, we've got to continue. Ah. And he actually took us on Sunday mornings to church to Sunday school, which okay. is like an extreme irony. It is quite weird. Mm. Cool. And left varsity with quite a solid professional qualification. Yeah, um, so yeah. So I did a BSc electric electronics or engineering and um, immediately after leaving varsity I I got a job um, and I st- still lived at home at that point and I actually saved up enough money in that year because I was living at home to buy a car a brand new car oh, which price <laughs> and the price was 2200 rand <laughs> what, what car was it? it was a Datsun 1200 GX okay yeah really cool car uh, so I saved up enough to buy a car and to put myself through Bible college the following year, which I really wanted to do. That's amazing. 2,000 rand. You can't even have your car serviced for 2,000 no. rand at the moment. No. Okay. And then you made the commitment to go to Bible college. What's the idea to, to, to commit to a new career? Or, or, or what was your thinking at that stage? So my thinking was I, I'd worked for a year and I realized that if I continued working from that point on, I would never go and do what I really wanted to do, which was to go to Bible college. Because okay. I really wanted to go. It's it's It was a layman's training institute, not not geared towards people who want to go into ministry or okay. be a pastor or a priest or anything. Um, and it was it was a fantastic experience that year um, the, at, at Bible college. I really was personally stretched and developed a lot um, and I found that extremely valuable. So then, and then after that year at, at Bible College, um, went back into engineering. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, sorry, I went went to the work for the church for a couple of years, and then went went back into engineering. Did you at any stage think that you won't go back to engineering? No, no. Oh, that was always in my mind. This was always going to be a short-term thing that I needed to do, okay. wanted to do. So how old were you then? 24, 25, yeah, around then? Yeah, 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 25-ish. Okay. Yeah. And went back into a professional career. Yeah. Um, so at some stage the girl must enter the fray. Yes, so, <laughs> so I actually met my wife-to-be at Bible College. Well, she's studying there as well. Yeah, okay. she was also there. And um, we got married a year after that. Yeah. Okay. 
still living at home? Uh, yes, I, st- I stayed at home. Um, uh, well, actually, what happened was when I when I told my dad that I was going to go to Bible college. This is now when I was still staying at home and working for that first year of working. When I told him I was going to go to Bible college the following year, he actually told me to pack my bags and leave. So he actually kicked me out the house at that point because he was absolutely infuriated uh, that I would, in his mind, throw away my career and so on for the sake of going to Bible college. So he he showed his true colors at that point. Did he pay for your studies? Yes, he did, but actually it wasn't him. It was his mother who was paying because it was an inheritance that he used. A trust. Okay. I think it was a trust. Okay. Mm. So it wasn't as if he felt, you know, I put you through college, you will use your qualification. Well, there was some of that. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite things is Bill Cosby always used to say that his father said, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out again. <laughs> so it was kind of, kind of that attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a bit like that. Okay. It was a bit like that. So how did you feel at that stage? Did you feel God's testing you, that, that he's forsaking you, that he's putting a barrier between you and him? Or, or I mean, that, that, that's kind yeah. of weird. Yeah, no, I just saw that as as pure spiritual opposition. because And, and I, I just sensed a really hostile spiritual f- um, force, if that's the right word, from him. So just antagonistic and angry and, and irrational. So I, I wrote it off. Not I didn't, wasn't disappointed with God. I was disappointed with Him. Okay. Mm. And you didn't contemplate not doing it. No, you, no, not at so all. So your conviction was yeah. very strong. This yeah. is what you're going to do. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a great year. Okay. Mm. So meet wife also in Bible college, so there were, there were no kind of spiritual challenges involved there? No. Cool. No. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward, both on the same wavelength. Awesome. <clears throat> I suppose that, that makes the beginning of a relationship or the beginning of a marriage much easier. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it removes one of, the, one of the obstacles, I guess. One of the fundamental yeah. Yeah. things. Same values. And she was also from an English family in Johannesburg, Yes, so similar culture, heritage, background, okay. language, and faith. Yeah, and her parents also in the church? No, her parents were pr- probably similar to mine. Her mom was much was quite spiritual um, and probably was a Christian at that point, but low profile, and her dad was definitely not. Okay. Yeah. And during the course of your life, because we are now talking about what good 40 years down the line. Yeah. Um, did you go through phases of, of moving out of the church, moving back, or going through spiritual, what shall we call it, existential crises? Or were you constantly involved, constantly as committed as you were at that stage in your life? Um, I, I remained pretty much constantly committed from that point onwards um, for a long time until really such time as um, I hit the crisis of my addiction and it's at that okay. point where things started to change but it's until then it was, it was constant it's interesting what they say is the minute addiction enters that 
relationship that we have with God gets severed. It's, it's as if the, 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 the two can't go together. Um, the one is going to find a, a, a what's the word I'm looking for? Um, prevalence. Is that the right? The prevalence yeah. over the other. Yeah, is yeah. Is that the right word? Dominance or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in my case, um, when when the addiction reared its head in my life, which was quite late in life, um, um, the turmoil it caused for me was trying to rationalize being a Christian um, with all of the promises that go with, and expectations is the better word that goes with that. In other words, one expects to, 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 have, to be delivered, to be set free um, as a Christian. Um, when, when one cries out to God about something or asks Him for something. And the big disillusionment for me was that even though I, I prayed multiple hundreds of prayers and had many prayers prayed for me, that the addiction did not leave me. And I couldn't understand that because of the expectations I'd been taught or led to believe yeah. about, about my faith. Did you feel forsaken? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That must have been difficult. Very. It must have been really, really, that's really what we call a spiritual, what's the word, malia, malay? Ma- yeah, I don't know what the word is myself. But, <laughs> Something but, like that. But, but yeah, no, it, it was very disillusioning, very despairing. Couldn't understand it, um, but I didn't give up straight away. I mean, I kept asking and trying multiple times, but the disillusionment just slowly grew. You said you didn't give up right away. Did you give up at some stage? Uh, there was a point in time where where I, I kind of did give up. Or, yeah, I think I, I could say I did actually give up. So addiction I, won, basically. Yeah, and I just came to the conclusion that faith is not what it's cracked up to be um, and, and uh, it, it doesn't deliver. That must have been incredibly difficult for you. Yeah, that was a, that was very difficult to come to that conclusion. Uh, and then, of course, you start doubting lots of other elements of your faith as well. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. But if it's anything like me, I can make any small crisis an existential one. So <laughs> I would right. really have kind of gone all out and made it a huge, huge issue. Yeah. Where Where did your wife stand at this stage? Was she still very committed religiously? and all those type of things could you understand um, 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 comprehend what you were going through yes so so in the early stages of my addiction um, after some time I actually confided in her and um, she was very supportive at that stage um, and oops that's okay and um, we uh, she kind of suggested possibilities for me to get help and I went and sought many avenues for help <coughs> but um, but there were there were many 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 cul-de-sucks if, if that's the right word um, dead ends in, in that search for meaning and to try and understand what this addiction is all about and why I can't get rid of it and was part of that searching for meaning and everything was that also going to speak to 
preachers and um, ministers and those type of things. Yes, yeah. So, so I I went through a long sort of bumpy ride um, in in trying to find help. So I went to a pastor who ran a group of guys for about eight to ten weeks. I tried various online courses. I think it's called Covenant Eyes is the one that is so it's religious based. Yeah, religious based. These were all religious, but there were numerous religious based avenues that I explored. Uh, had numerous people praying for me uh, who were in the church, ministers. Um, then, then I even tried going the secular route. I went to see psychiatrists, psychologists, um, psych- psychologists practice where they do therapy for addictions. Um, all of which uh, didn't didn't reap any long-term benefits. And while this is all happening, your spiritual connection mm. with God is diminishing. Um, yeah, it's going through this this dichotomy or this this schizophrenic thing. Where on the one hand you're trying to to believe, and on the other hand your rational mind tells you that. There's no substance for this belief because you're not being delivered or healed. Uh, so, so there was this inner conflict that went on for a long, long time. Um, it was only much later where I actually began to understand the mechanism or, or the what the real root, what God's role is in deliverance. Ah, and and that was a turning point for me. Because I, I realized at one point, and this is the most significant thing about what I've said, is that God does not just instantaneously deliver or heal a person, me, I should talk about me, um, from this kind of thing. I, I suppose that would include other things too, uh, addiction certainly being one of them, sexual addiction. Um, rather... God, but God is not absent. He is present, and He is still leading and guiding. Even though it's hard to believe, but in retrospect, I can see it. And He wants, He wanted to get me to the point where I understood that there were a number of experiences that I had to go through in finding healing, where I would have to visit myself and deal with a lot of other issues that were that were this kind of the foundation of the addiction so god didn't come in and just remove the addiction rather he took me on through a process which i'm still going through now whereby um he or i have to go and visit my character defects a whole range of issues that are the platform for this addiction because the addiction is just a manifestation of these aberrations which can come out in various ways one of which is sexual addiction so 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 god's plan with this kind of thing is not to just instantaneously wave a wand and heal you because he would leave all of that foundation of distorted character uh, um, uh, undealt with so god is not a fairy (laughs) right 
Exactly. If you expect fairy behavior, read a book. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not. It's not. This is not where it's going to happen. Yeah. Basically. So, so th- that was my. It was a huge frustration for a long, long time to try and understand awful. why this God, who is supposedly so merciful and so caring and so kind and so compassionate and so powerful especially so powerful, did not deliver me from this addiction. And I eventually came to realize that to deliver me from this addiction would just be to put a band-aid on on cancer. The real issue is deeper and has to be dealt with. That's fantastic. Mm. What I've found often is that our intellect stands in the way of our belief, if you can put it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I meet a lot of people who truly believe that if they can understand, if they can conceptualize, then they can heal. Mm -hmm. Instead of, and in a way that's what I'm hearing from you, it it sounds as, as, as if you kind of you had to go on a, on, on a journey away from the intellect. Mm-hmm. Or no, you went on an intellectual journey, mm-hmm. trying to understand, trying to gain knowledge um, of various things mm. in, in, in order to get healed. Mm. And at the end of, of, of quite a long and very intense journey, the message that came to you was, knowledge from the outside is not going to do this for you. Mm. Connect with you learn to understand, learn to, and I think in a way, learn to love you first. Yes, yeah. So this is an inside job. Yeah, because addiction is based on on some kind of distortion in one's personality. Typically, I think in many cases, but certainly in mine, arising from your early days as a child and the kind of relationship you had with your parents. And the distortion that arises in your character and your worldview and your perception of things remains there and will come out in one way or another. In some people it never comes out in addiction but might come out in many other ways. Uh, and, and until such time as you understand that you have this distorted, defective personality that needs to be de- dealt with, um, you won't ever get past that that point and going through that process is painful and difficult because in facing yourself you've got to deal with stuff that is shameful that is awful that is um, almost too too awful to contemplate but in that painful route of that painful process eventually you come out um, a much better if not fully healed person one hears a lot that it's being said we need to, to travel from the head to the heart. Mm-hmm. Is that something you're experiencing? Yeah, I think that is true. Yeah, so to try and understand the workings of this thing from a strictly theological perspective didn't really help me at all. And has your crisis, your existential spiritual crisis been resolved? Yes. So. Awesome. Uh, yes! so, so <laughs> So I'm, I'm now in a place where, now that I understand that, that it was necessary and is necessary for God to take me on a very painful and difficult route, which I'm still going through, once I understood that, I could then understand something of 
his love and his care because he is much more concerned with dealing with the root than with the superficial issue. And I've also seen um, how he has led and guided me, uh, even though through lots of bumpy roads and, and dead ends, I can nevertheless see a thread of, of his guidance and care leading up to this very, very present day. So my relationship with God today is, um, is a whole lot better. Uh, awesome. I, I, I'm connecting with him regularly every day um, and really enjoying the experience, but also seeing it quite differently from the way that I used to see it. I can't even describe how, but it's a different kind of relationship almost. Fantastic. What do you, what do you ask God for? Yeah, so, so typically these days, um, uh, instead of asking God for things, and certainly not for deliverance from this, I, I do, but I mean, I understand that, it, that I'm, I need to ask Him more for the, the, um, the courage and the patience to go through the route that leads to deliverance, rather than for deliverance itself. So, because the route to deliverance is a long and painful one, and difficult, um, with lots of highlights along the way as well. But so, so that's the kind of thing that I ask God for. In other words, typically I would ask God, um, let me know what your will is for me to ah. do today, or what is your will in connection with X, Y, and Z today. Help me to do that today. Instead of saying, God, I want this, I want that, I want that. Yeah. So that's a huge kind of yeah. different way of, of, of looking at, 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 at yeah. the thing. You nearly took the coin and flipped it on the other side and said, okay, fine. Instead of asking for, 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 for what I want, I'm going to ask God to, 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 God, I'm going to, ask God to guide me yes. to what His will is for me. Yes. That's yes. a complete different way of looking at yeah. it. And John, um, how, do you, how do you listen to God? Well, I mean, typically I'll spend some time in the morning um, meditating, reading a bit of scripture, meditating and reading some of the helpful material that SAA and others provide for this particular addiction. And I find that really gets me going on the right wavelength through the day. Uh, and then I must admit that once I, once I get to work, I, I tend to just focus on work completely and any thoughts of God disappear out of my head, which is wrong. But uh, I'm slowly learning to involve him in the day and especially when temptation comes along. Okay. Um, so what I'm hearing from you is in terms of spiritual practices type of thing, you do readings, you... Um, Meditate, mm. you pray. I attend church, the, church? Which, okay. I, which I lapsed out of for a long time. Okay, cool. Yeah. Mm. And any other things? Spending time in nature, um, helping other people, what type of. Yeah, up to now I've, I've been employed and worked, so, so my day has been, my, my week in fact, uh, office hours at work. Um, but I'm wanting to explore more and more ways now that I'm not working in the John same is way. freshly retired, by the way. <laughs> as I say freshly, as in really freshly. <laughs> so this is a whole new journey starting. Yeah. So it certainly presents opportunities to help others. Um, Freddie has recently persuaded me to sponsor <laughs> another guy under threat of murder. No, no, he didn't. <clears throat> 
So, so I am looking for, for, for ways of um, giving, a, giving back. That's fantastic. Mm. It's really, what I really like to hear is, is that you've, you've gone on a journey and you might have lost faith at stages, mm. but it sounds as if you, you, you clung on and that it is starting to pay off again. Yes. And that is, that's such a message of hope. Yes, it is. Yeah. It really is. Instead of people walking away and being lost. Yeah. That's really, really nice. John, um, are you happy? Yes, I'd say I am. I mean, I'm still struggling with, with addiction, of course. I'm still on the road. Um, but, but in general, I'm in a much happier place than I was two, three, four years ago or back. In, in full full blown addiction, addictive behaviour, where I was terribly, terribly unhappy all the time. Now I'm in a much better place. What does happiness mean for you? It's it's really just a sense of peace and oh. well being. Yeah, more than more than having anything, or uh, it's really just that. And was that always the case, or is this also kind of a newish type of insight? No, this this is this is newish. Yeah, okay. this is newish. Yeah, definitely. So it's not what you have; it's how you feel inside. Definitely, and it, it's it's got to do with a number of things: how you how you relating to God, how you are relating to people. That can really affect your peace or non-peace. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm in a much better place. I know for myself that the one thing that I can honestly, my happiness has come from, and you said it, peace. Mm. And the peace has nothing to do with, with world peace, <laughs> everything mm. but. But there's, there's a sense of serenity in my head. The, that chaos that, that was in my head before I we came on any form of spiritual path. Yes. Um, that has gone number one and the fact that I feel I'm on a path yes whether I mean I think my path is is, is for other people quite uh, questionable mm. <laughs> if mm. you want to call that mm. but it doesn't matter because I know I'm on a path yes and for me from somewhere that was all over the bloody place doesn't yeah. matter which direction the wind blew I went there yes now I've got some form mm. of anchor Yes. And that really gives me a lot of peace. Gives yeah. me a, a lot of hope. Yeah. And th- the thing is that I, what I, what I'm, where I am at the moment is that I'm, I'm on a journey of discovering who I really am. What, what I find exciting and challenging and also scary at the moment is that I'm actually in a process now of beginning to understand who I really am was intended to be and who I really am at, at my core because my, my core uh, has been so corrupted by um, and distorted by events in my childhood etc which gave rise to this whole, this whole addictive behaviour in presenting a false front so I'm beginning to understand why I lack confidence so so much uh, and all of these defects in character I'm beginning to understand to go back to the root and to dis- to identify them in such a way that I could begin to discover who God really wanted me to be. Wow. So that's where, where spirituality comes in. This is very much a spiritual thing. 
because I'm now finally discovering who God wanted me to be so that I can be that person. Fantastic. John, if you can, for anybody who is going through any form of spiritual difficulty, um, questioning um, um, their path that they're on, mm. um, what advice can you give? What would you recommend? Wow. I suppose it depends on the, on the circumstances that they're in and, and so on. Uh, there may be some circumstances that they need to change or need to yeah, take cognizance of. Uh, but but the, the bottom line is this, is to understand that there is a God who cares. And if there's a God who cares, then he is watching over you and is able to change your circumstances or and your situation. If not your circumstances, then certainly the way you're seeing them. So one has to just really hang on to the belief that God loves one, that God loves us and cares for us. Because coming out of that, one will eventually discover um, a much better place. I suddenly got this weird picture in my head of what do you call that thing in, in maths? We it's got a oh the compass. We is it a compass? We we it's got a, a a sharp point that you stick and then you draw a circle. Yeah, it's called a compass. Is that a compass? Yeah. So it's really like the picture that I see from you is where the the sharp thing goes into the paper. That's God. Mm. So keep keep that solid. Keep that. Keep the sharp thing in the paper. Yes, yes. <laughs> and feel free to move in a circle around it in search of and, 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 and keep on moving forward, keep yep. on changing. Because one thing that I've learned is that if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yes. We can't be in a bad situation, um, start questioning stuff but not willing to change anything. Yep. Sometimes we need to change the question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that leads straight into the prayer that we know so well, the serenity prayer. Yeah. Um, because that prayer in a nutshell encapsulates so much, um, you know, grant me the, the serenity to accept what I cannot change. Those are the circumstances that you might be in. You can't change them. You have no control over them. Sometimes you do, in which case you, you can do something. But you know, grant me the courage to do what I can. That's the scariest part of that prayer. <laughs> because there are things that you can do, and they are typically things that, that involve you facing yourself and your stuff, which is much scarier than facing an enemy. Mm. You know, I've, I've had this sort of thought often that it's men will far rather sit in a trench and face the enemy at, at 200 <laughs> meters and get up out of that trench and charge then actually face the scary stuff inside their lives, which is far, far scarier. Yeah. Rather jump out of the trench than go inwards. Mm. You. Yeah. That's fantastic. John, I got a lot of our chat. Thank you very, very much. Mm. I really appreciate you coming to talk to us. And I wish you all of the best on this journey. It sounds as if not only are you now being given the gift of time, but also at the same moment when you when you say I'm going on this journey mm. God is giving you the time to go on this journey how fantastic is that yeah absolutely so yeah it, it's it's been great and I've actually enjoyed the chat too because it's helped me to to kind of crystallize some of my own thoughts as well which is good but yes I'm excited about what lies ahead
Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thanks Enjoy your afternoon. Thanks. Bye now. I really enjoyed listening to John's journey of hope. If I got anything out of it, it is the message that John should never give up on what you truly love and believe in. He has faced some significant challenges on this path, but persevered in what he believes the right thing for him is, and he seemed to have grown through it all. I'm grateful for this time we have spent together, and know that I shall be able to use his experience, strength and hope in my life moving forward. Well guys, this is it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it and got something out of it. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash freddy.org.za forward slash or on Twitter at at Rainsburg Freddy. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Be safe. Bye.